0: Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, also known as the Food Dude. Chef Pantone has been serving up amazing meals and desserts at some of the finest hotels and restaurants in New York City, Miami, and Palm Beach for most of his life. Now let's head into the kitchen with What's Cooking Palm Beach, sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology.
1: Yeah, welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on News Radio 1290 WJNO. Welcome to uh, the kitchen, uh, Chef's Kitchen, uh, Chef Pantone from the uh, Lincoln Culinary Institute, the uh, dean there. Uh, we're, we're really, really excited about this show.
2: Yeah, we are. Great to be with you, Joel. Welcome to my kitchen, your studio. Yeah, we're kind of crossing borders here when we're cooking in your studio.
1: We're, suppo- cool. we're, we're, we're supposed to paint the oh. image that we're actually in a kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah we are like you guys have over there at Lincoln Culinary. Um, now, this is a uh, fairly new show. I guess we're about a month into it. And yeah. uh, by the way, Happy New Year.
2: Oh, Happy New Year to you, too.
1: Uh, but I, I wanted to, you know, let uh, you share exactly what this show is all about.
2: Yeah, Simply Food.
1: Okay, that's pretty <laughs> simple. A
2: L- little bit more than that. It's a cooking, it's healthy eating, it's food t- techniques, food education Everything we do on the f- on the show, I want to share something with you. I want to teach you something, and uh, that goes both ways. So, uh, listeners, I want you to uh, email me in, call me, do anything, visit the school. Sh- Education is about sharing, so let's do some of that. We talk yeah. about superfoods, mm-hmm. talk about food trivia, food lessons, tips, tex- techniques, fun with food.
1: And uh, uh, Chef uh, David Pantone, also known as the Food Dude. That's right. Cool and what a- did we what did we say I was? you're the radio dude until we find out find something that's a little more
2: yeah i got mine cool. you got to come up with your own okay? Yeah, okay i can't do everything around here <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so uh, first show of 2015 excited to get into this one um uh, and and you'll know why when we get to the main course but uh, chef tell us the uh, menu for today's show
2: fantastic we will start out by spinning the big superfood wheel and uh, see which superfood we're going to feature this week. Talk about that a little bit.
1: And if you're listening, you're going, what's a superfood? He'll he'll explain that as well when we get there.
2: Cool. We'll get the main course. Can I tell him the main course now?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so. (laughs) We're
2: going to do craft beer and craft burgers. Yes. I just love the word craft. craft. I've, never,
1: I've never heard the the term craft used with burgers. I made that up. Okay. I was going to say. I'm allowed to do that. I'm yeah. the dean for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: can do whatever you want, man. Right? Because craft is when you put your passion into it and sure. you know the ingredients. If you're a craftsman, craft you make cabinetry or tile work, whatever, you're, you're an artisan at that. The craft beer, these are people who are artisans at that. And I'm thinking we've got a whole bunch of... Uh, chefs out there, backyard barbecue people who are putting their passion, their knowledge into burgers, and making craft burgers, so let's see if it flies.
1: All right, so we had a starter, a main course. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what some local food events and uh, food in the news as well.
2: There are more local food events in January than I ever knew. There's some really yeah. interesting ones too. We'll get to that. All
1: right, can't wait, can't wait for that here uh, on What's Cooking Palm Beach. And I just want to let you know, if uh, anytime you're listening to this show, you're thinking about a question, you can always email Chef Pantone at What's Cooking at chefpantone.com. And uh, you can go to chefpantone.com anytime we're talking about anything on this show. You can find out more about that, whether uh, it's ingredients uh, or a, you know a full recipe. Uh, or answers to some of these questions I know you're going to put uh, information about the superfoods We talk about each week up there as well, exactly, right?
2: Exactly, yeah, all the recipes are there There's a tab for tips, there's a tab for friends of Chef Pantone There's all kind of good things up there
1: All right, all right So um, we are going to go ahead and get to the first course Which is the superfoods um, What are they and why should we care? Okay, superfoods
2: are um, foods that are really special Very, couple of keywords, nutrient-dense Okay, so these foods, calorie for calorie, pound for pound, will have uh, more nutrients and than some of the other foods that you might be eating. They will also be, to hit Chef Pantone's big list of superfoods, they need to be hugely uh, nutrient-dense. They also need to be affordable. And available So you have to be able to buy these at your local grocery store No use me talking about some kind of ingredient That you have to fly to China to get And you have to hand pick it And it costs $1,000, that's just stupid
1: Now you've been uh, giving examples each week Of foods that uh, maybe have a little bit of nutritional value to them uh, but, but not a superfood And uh, I guess um, you mentioned Skittles And then last week we were talking about Twinkies So give us another example of one that would not be a superfood uh,
2: How about your Diet Coke right there? Oh, come on <laughs> <laughs> it's super delicious to you, I'm quite it's, sure. Yeah, it
1: it does it does the trick, which is probably never mind. We'll we'll leave that.
2: <laughs> so these are empty calories, right? The thing is if you're gonna eat it and enjoy it might as well be good for you. Why not sure. have something that helps you so you can live longer and enjoy it more?
1: Well, we know something like celery. When you're on a diet, you could eat pretty much as much. It's a free food. You could eat celery. It doesn't have that much of a taste, but you could you could just eat it and eat it and eat it, right? You can. It
2: doesn't have many calories. Would that not too. Be a superfood though, does it? Yeah, it, it? it doesn't um, doesn't fit into at least my one thousand superfoods. Maybe it's a little bit past that. Right. It uh, 1, thousand quite points have as
1: much. Kind of like iceberg lettuce. For years, I would only eat iceberg lettuce, and then somebody said, you know it you might as well just eat a bunch of water in in like you know solid form because there's not a whole lot there as far as vitamins or nutrients. That's why you eat the romaine and all exactly. the other Exactly.
2: Yeah, if you bump up to romaine, you have just replaced it, and, and you have some more flavor, I believe, different
1: flavor. Iceberg's
2: pretty awesome. So
1: now when I go to a salad bar, I'll mix it. So yeah. I'll, I'll use some iceberg, but I'll mix in the romaine, maybe a little a bit little of spinach. By, a little bit of spinach. I'm so little proud bit. of you. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I won't eat it out of the can like Popeye. <laughs> but uh, All right, so, so you get what's uh, hopefully you get what superfoods are. You, of course, you can always go to chefpantone.com. Uh, but uh, we're going to spin that big wheel of superfoods and we're going to see which one we will feature today right i'm warmed and up this let's is spin why Chef the is, wheel yeah you got about you've been working out yeah a little over bit the holidays a little, little bit okay little time <laughs> back. i found a little bit of time <laughs> all right spin that big wheel
2: oh, oh, uh, grapefruit Wow. wow. Grapefruit. You're familiar with grapefruit. I'm quite sure you now, are.
1: I prefer the pink over the, uh, what would they call it, white? You can go with white grapefruit, yeah. Pink like over white. Pink. I like the pink better. Yep. Is there? We'll, we'll talk a little more about it, I'm sure, but is there any more nutritional value or less for pink versus white? That's cool that
2: you asked that, and the answer was yes, and um, mostly the difference there would be what makes it pink over what makes it white. And that's the lycopene that's inside of it.
1: The well, pink re- is actually better for you. It's a I would little think bit better because it's a little sweeter you. that it wouldn't be as good for you as the other well,
2: one. whether it's sweeter or not, that's who grows it and how much rain, and they aren't always sweeter. Right. But the color that makes it that color or the chemical that makes it that color the lycopene is really good for you. If you read the back of ketchup, Heinz ketchup is always promoting hey, high in lycopene. lycopene hi. It's a
1: cancer fighting thing? It
2: certainly is, good for you. So somehow not too long ago somebody came up with that word or discovered it in the Heinz company said, "Wait a second, we got that." And so now they promote it and they market it and it's not ketchup's a big health food. How about that?
1: And that they have it because it's in tomatoes
0: too. <laughs> it's in there, yeah. They so didn't it put it in it there. It's,
2: so tomatoes have lots of lycopene, and things that are pink and red often have lycopene in it. So that's good for huh. you. Okay. So on the grapefruit side, grapefruit's a number one hundred twenty-five on the big score, the uh, food uh, superfood score. We started with kale, which is the gold standard at thousand points. We talked about um, acorn squash, which is four hundred forty-four points on the one thousand point scale. And today 125 we've 125
1: doesn't seem very high.
2: Uh, for a fruit, it's pretty good.
1: Okay. That's the deal. All right.
2: Right? I'm not only going for the highs. Hey, 1,999. I want to kind of shake it up a little bit and I'm glad... Because it that's a fruit, it
1: is a, it's a sweet thing people use as a treat and, and, and in fruit salad and whatnot. So it's not, you know, we talk about kale, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. All
2: right. So okay. uh, again, it has to be good for you. It has to be approachable and available and um, affordable. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, grapefruit fits right in there. We're in Florida. We have the highest grapefruit crop in the United States, uh, and it's grapefruit season. So, How is it? Right now, January, February, early March. Now, the grapefruit's kind of interesting. It can stay on the tree all year long, and they say a year. I don't know if I've ever had one that's been on the tree for a year, but once you pick it, it's uh, done ripening, so you have to eat it after that.
1: Um, no way. When you get it at the store, sometimes some are harder than others or firmer than others. So I would think that it's not fully ripened yet, and, and sometimes and, they're a little greenish.
2: And that can be the case. You're exactly right. But they don't ripen further once they're picked. So that's as good as it's going to get. Oh, really? Where some fruits will ripen after so they're picked. So you don't want
1: to buy, a uh, if you see a greenish uh, tinted uh, uh, grapefruit at the store, you really don't, probably don't want to buy it. Depending probably, I don't
2: for. want to be prejudiced against uh, green grapefruits, but if it's sometimes it's a little green, but it's still 100% ripe, right? You have to know your grapefruit. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, one way to decide on that grapefruit is this is a cool little phrase that's good for lots of produce. It should be heavy for its weight. So if you pick up two and they're about the same size, and one's kind of light and one's kind of heavy, go with the heavy one. That means it's juicier and it's probably more ripe. So heavy for its weight. The big deal with the grapefruit and why it's a superfood is vitamin C, right? You hear all these great studies about vitamin C, and um, it can cure everything in the world. Well, not so much. Every time I read an article about vitamin C, there was another one that said, yeah, that was the last one you read was n- not true. Wow. So, so I'm not going to be your doctor here, but in vitamin C, uh, a half a grapefruit or a glass of grapefruit juice has 80% of all the vitamin C you need for the whole day. That's why it hits the superfood. It's jam-packed for it. Also, when you eat it fresh, especially when you eat the pulp, right? So often we like to strain I like the out. the pulp. Darn, good for you. A lot of you. people
1: don't. They have that pulp-free juice. Where the heck like did that come from? I'm sorry. I like the pulp.
2: I don't mean to insult anybody, but you got to eat the pulp. It's God. like little raindrops. It, oh, It's what it, it's what it feels sweetie, like in your yeah. mouth. Is that is that in my... You are correct. It's it's little cells. They've got texture to them. They've got the fiber in them. That's the fiber that we need. They have the pectin in them, in them that we need too. So every time we strain something out, it's like for 10,000 years it was okay. All of a sudden our society says, I don't do pulp. What do you mean you don't do pulp? Eat the pulp So
1: Anytime you go and you get fresh-squeezed juice, you're going to end up with pulp. If you go somewhere, you know, uh, I don't know if they still do this, you know, on the, on the turnpike when you're going to Orlando <laughs> yeah. or whatever, and they'll be giving you the you know samples of the juice or whatnot. It always has the pulp. How do you get the pulp out without a machine like the corporations have? Yeah, you have to strain
2: it out, and then they do something else with it. But uh, the pulp so is the, really good so for So the it.
1: fiber pectin is that pulp? it's in that the bag. fiber
2: and the pectin yep
1: those okay. are both really good for you and uh then you're we, talking about the cold and, and we always hear about vitamin c curing a cold and then you'll see the asterisk <laughs> and then you look down and it says the fda has not approved <laughs> this message so what what is the deal with that because we have people here in the building that swear by those products that are basically 100 percent vitamin c sprays that you put on your on your tongue and in your mouth when you feel like you're getting a cold and Oh, it always fights it right off. Is it? I mean, we're not a doctor show here. We're but.
2: not a doctor show here, but here's a here's the, we're a psychology show. If it makes them feel better and they walk taller and they think they get cured faster, God bless them. And vitamin
1: C sure can't hurt you.
2: Uh, you're correct. Because yep. if you have
1: too much, you're going to eliminate it. And we won't go any further into that.
2: Absolutely. But. <laughs> so, But the recent studies say it doesn't cure the common cold. But if it makes you feel better, go for that. It is good for your immune system. So yeah, that kind of helps you maybe with mm-hmm. the cold a little bit. Cardiovascular disease, prenatal health problems, eye diseases, and... Uh, it cures wrinkles that someday you and I might have, but
1: not yeah, for a long 45, time. Forty-five, I haven't had a wrinkle yet. <laughs> good so for that's you. A, that's a good thing. I've, you know, a little, little crow's, uh, you know, crow's feet every once in a while. From smiling and <laughs> yeah, laughing. Yeah, that's right? it. That's also it.
2: lowers your cholesterol. And uh, there's the grapefruit diet. It's been around for a long, long time. It, it uh, asks people to eat a lot of grapefruit.
1: Burns fat, they say.
2: It helps yeah to uh, to um, helps the body metabolism to burn fat. It has a very low glycemic index.
1: Now, one thing is um, uh, because I guess because it does. C- then uh, you know, full disclosure here, I have taken uh, cholesterol drugs, and I know they always. Uh, it's either that one or the blood pressure drugs that tell you don't don't eat grapefruit. While taking this drug.
2: Yeah. I've read a lot about that too. And um, the deal is that the grapefruit and the grapefruit juice will will kind of intensify the medicine. So if you're taking, I don't know, I'm not a doctor again, 10 no. milligrams of something and you're eating grapefruit, it might turn it into 20 milligrams Maybe. worth of power. Right. And that's not what the doctor asks you to take. So you, or
1: you could just get off the pills altogether and eat grapefruit. Yeah, probably not without your doctor's uh, assistance. So <laughs> yeah. we, we my, don't want My
2: two cents, if you can get yourself off all the pills,
1: that's yeah. great. All right. But again, we're not a doctor show. Yeah. Don't go and do stuff and say, Chef Pantone and that You tell Chef
2: Pantone said, if you eat good food, you'll feel better. Talk to your doctor. How about that?
1: Um, so what's in the grapefruit? Let's talk about uh, calories. Pretty pretty low caloric uh, uh, low calorie. uh, Sure,
2: yeah. A big piece of fruit, a half a giant grapefruit, that's a belly full almost, 40 calories. How cool is that? Zero fat, zero saturated fat, zero cholesterol, zero sodium, um, some carbohydrates, some sugars, a little bit of vitamin A, calcium, tons of vitamin C. Uh, All good stuff. Some people like to eat it plain. I like to put a pinch of salt on it.
1: That's just weird.
2: Well, salt enhances the flavor. People of the, do, that uh, and with watermelons and do that with watermelon. They do that with it, so they're weird too. Good, say it I to don't my do face. That. It's, okay. That's weird.
1: <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> you would want to. When I was a kid, we used to. And my grandmother. That's a rest her soul, pinch, my friend. When, little, <laughs> when, 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 not salt, but sugar, which was the strangest thing. And thank goodness I don't have to do this as an adult. But as a child, my my grandmother, you know, rest her soul, uh, used to cut us up. And we would stay at her house. She would cut, uh, slice a. Uh, uh, a, a grapefruit in half in the 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 half, the side of the grapefruit, where you could just scoop out the the little triangle grapefruit pieces and she would sprinkle sugar on them, yeah, why not? That sounds great, no. <laughs> and well, see with the pink grapefruit, you don't necessarily need uh, that the ruby reds, sure. and they've um they've been
2: hybridized. So maybe it's a little sweeter oh, now than when you were just well, a little kid. Well, they were white. Kid. They were the white grapefruits, okay. though, I remember. And maybe that's the way that she got you to eat it, too. Hey, a little spoonful of sugar yeah. helps the medicine go down. Might
1: have been how I turned fat, though. I'm uh, no, just kidding, Grandma. I love you. More ya.
2: grapefruit, less sugar.
1: <laughs> you talked about them ripening uh, completely on the tree. Um, a gallon of juice, it takes 12 to 15 grapefruit to, to make one gallon?
2: Yeah, again, depending on how heavy they are, how juicy they, they are. So when you buy a gallon of grapefruit juice, there's a half a harvest inside of there. That's crazy. Some people like to put a pinch of cinnamon on there. Is that crazy? Is that weird? Is that... Uh,
1: cinnamon sounds better than salt. Okay,
2: okay, just a little bit. Let <laughs> me try it next time. I'll slip some in. You won't even know it. You'll say, wow, it's the best grapefruit I ever had. And uh, besides Florida, Texas, California, Arizona, big producers of our grapefruit. And, again, you want one that's heavy for its size, right? Feel the two of them. Buy the heavier one. It's probably juicier. That's the mm. idea.
1: That's interesting. Um, and uh, we had some tips also, some other tips for uh, for the grapefruit.
2: Yeah, I've heard that you can use it as a uh, facial, what do you call that, uh, moisturizer. Like a mask? And, like, yeah, I don't know. Really? You take some water and you take um, grapefruit juice and orange grapefruit peels and orange peels boil them i'm guessing that the oils come out of it right and then you cool that down definitely make sure you cool it down you splash it on your face a couple times a day tightens up those little crow crow's feet reduces your wrinkles i haven't tried that yet but they say it's good for you
1: you have actually a recipe for something called a grapefruit and fennel salad yeah Uh, this doesn't sound as good as say a fruit salad which is all fruit okay it doesn't
2: sound as good to you because you don't have you don't you're not familiar with fennel. And are And fennel you? sounds familiar. Uh, have
1: we talked about it on the show? Or it did might have it just, come yeah. up in
2: conversation. What is fennel? So fennel is a beautiful vegetable. It's got a, a bulb-shaped base. It's got long stalks that come out, maybe a foot and a half, and then these little feathery uh, leaves on the very end. It's uh, flavor is like licorice, like anise. It's used a lot in Italy. It goes great with seafood. You can grill it for steaks. And if you slice it real thin, it's crispy, crunchy, like a celery. Mm. That kind of a crisp, uh, beautiful flavor, fresh and delightful. And I love to use it in salads.
1: All right, then you can go to chefpantone.com, that's chefpantone.com, and uh, you can see that uh, full recipe of how to make the grapefruit and fennel salad. That is our superfood of the week, so we're going to finish up the uh, grapefruit section. Uh, we're getting ready to head to the beer, and uh, I think I need a I think I need a break before we do that because uh, I, I've got to get ready for the beer.
2: Okay, do whatever you need to do
1: to get prepared. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. What's cooking, Palm Beach?
0: If that sound gets
2: your motor running, it's time for a career with a little extra horsepower. Lincoln College of Technology is now enrolling for hands-on automotive technology training. Learn the skills that can help you launch an automotive career today. Visit LincolnEDU.com.
1: Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach. I'm Joel Malkin, and I'm here with Chef David Pantone, the food dude, the, uh, the dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute right in West Palm Beach, 45th and i-95 and uh, we are going to uh we're going to get to burgers in a little bit but first we are going to uh talk about craft beer uh this is something that um I had never heard about it up until several years ago. All of a sudden started hearing about all these craft beer festivals and sometimes they paired them with the burger festival, the burger and the beer and the burger and, and the beer go very well together. Yeah, it seems it seems to. And I'm not a big I'm not a beer guy. Mm-hmm. Um but uh it just it, what what is the definition of a craft beer first of all?
2: Yeah, so that's cool. So being a beer guy might have been different than the old image of a beer guy. The new old, beer guy, old Milwaukee, <laughs> old Milwaukee Pabst and Blue Ribbon, <laughs> yeah. all those kind of like your dad oh, sitting on the couch with his hand down in his pants a little bit and asleep. That's a, sure. the old image. These young, uh, younger generation, the people who are into the craft beer, seem to be, you know, it's very cool, it's very hip, and the craft beer. Are just really not mass-produced. That's the biggest part. So these are craftsmen, more cr- more people involved in making them, and less machinery and computerized and everything. So the uh, American Craft Beer Association, the uh, Brewers Association, um, has a definition to a to what is a craft beer and a craft brewery, and three things that needs to be small, independent, and traditional. So small, they have to make less than six million barrels of beer or less per year. That seems like seems a lot. Like a of lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: so a lot of these places are
2: really, really, really you m- don't micro. You know, what Budweiser
1: or Bud Light is making if that's <laughs> yeah, the case. Exactly. make making $800 million, um, Probably more. more. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go a worldwide. So, so this is pretty a uh, big, less than
2: $6 million, And that might be just the guys who are making a couple hundred cases a year right. so, uh, or barrels a year. Independent. So that means your big Budweiser companies can't really own them and market them as craft beer. They have to own less than 25% of that. Nothing against Budweiser, awesome, but uh, they can't disguise themselves as craft beers just to be cool and to market. And then traditional, traditional means they're using uh, the traditional ingredients, traditional techniques, maybe with a little tweak here and there to make it a little craftier and a little more artisan. So they have
1: to use some barley and whatnot. They can't just uh, come up with new, they can't use fennel for example and make a beer out of it well they can but they can't be called craft
2: beer okay they can be called beer they have a different name for that those are called flavored malt
1: beverages right Um, i like those like the mike's hard lemonades and those they're actually that's that's the only quote-unquote beer that i that i would drink i don't i don't like the taste of a traditional beer
2: okay and um from my perspective as the chef and as the food dude i might never drink the same one twice My goal is always to taste one, and I might have to have two bottles of it to get the real flavor and do a little research. But when I go to the store, I want to have something I never had before. For me, it's education. I'm all about learning new things. That's what I really enjoy most in life is learning new things. So the beers that we uh, have today here, I'm probably never going to have those again, even if they're the best ones I ever had. I want to try something new. So the craft beer industry, these, these craftsmen, these artisans are really into what they do. And I just love that. Many of them right here in Palm Beach County, too. Yeah. Tequesta, I know they have the Tequesta De Brewing. Brewing Company. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's one that we're going to feature, talk about in a couple minutes. And... Um, These are people who are just passionate about what they do, and I just think it's wonderful that you can find something in your life to be passionate about. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. you're passionate about the radio, aren't you? I'm
1: passionate about burgers,
2: too. (laughs) Okay, good. We can do both. (laughs) And whether you're a craftsman and you make cabinetry or masonry or an artist, a sculptor, a chef, or a beer brewer, to be able to find something that you're passionate about, I think that's just the best and if you can make money at it, too, that even makes it a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, the, the craft beer industry is really, really booming. They, um, in the last, like 2013, I have the numbers there, 7.8% of the volume of all beer in the United States was craft beer. And only a few years ago, that's like doubled from two years before that. The craft beer industry is up to $14.3 billion. So it's a bunch of little guys and ladies making
1: their craft, their art beer, and uh, just doing better and better each year. And you can actually, you can, you know, put a career out of that. How huh? you can, I mean, make a big, uh, make a career out of out of making beer. You can. I don't think my parents would have. Hey, mom and dad, you know, they thought
2: I was crazy to want to be a chef, and this is like thirty eight years ago. You want to sure you want to be a chef? There's nothing else respectable you want to do. Times change. You so, want to
1: be a used car salesman, a <laughs> uh, lawyer? Are you sure? Doctor, <laughs> lawyer, a
2: scientist? or You want to be a chef? So times change now. It's very cool to be a chef and you can have a, 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 good, a good, successful life, especially if you have a good education. And uh, I think my parents would not have appreciated me saying, I want to be a craft beer
1: brewer. Uh, we'll see. You know, twenty years down the road, ah, uh, how yeah, might like change. That. Yeah. So now there are four ingredients. You tell me, uh, but a million varieties. In yeah. These craft so beers. that's the
2: cool thing. If all beer was the same, uh, it, there's basically four ingredients, and they tweak them each ingredient a little bit, and there's varieties of the ingredients. So it's malt, hops, yeast, and water. Right? How simple is that? So the malt is your so is the soul of the ba- beer. I can't say beer sometimes. I say bear because. I don't know. It's a Pittsburgh thing or it's just a chef Pantone thing. So the, uh, it's the soul of the beer. It provides flavor, color, aroma, its body. It's just a grain, just like a wheat grain, but the malt is, um, first germinated for a short period of time. That means it's uh, watered and it's very humid and warm temperature. It starts to come to life, right? It's trying to sprout. And right then it's stopped and roasted, usually in a kiln. And, uh, the amount the time and temperature that it's roasted that's really what determines the characteristics that you're going to get out of it if it's a darker roast it might take on bitter tones if it's a lighter roast it'll be a little bit more sweet
1: I like we're talking about
2: coffee here it's cool a lot of beer roasters or no a lot of coffee roasters and beer guys get together and they use each other's equipment to roast their beans and roast their huh. their uh, malt and uh, we have some really cool little craft coffee places in town, too. We're going to do a show re- uh, featuring some of those, and we're going to do craft coffees. How about that? Hmm. So it, you can make this malt taste, uh, take on uh, undertones of coffee, of chocolate, of uh, beer, uh, breads, raisins, prunes, depending on how much you roast it, time and temperature. How would
1: you want a beer that tastes like prunes? Hmm.
2: You haven't met a prune that you like so far. Uh, someday we'll do a show about prunes. Pr- have
1: one purpose.
2: <laughs> prunes are amazing. Okay. Don't be so prejudiced, man. You're a hater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next ingredient? <laughs> is the hops. Hops are really a pretty amazing uh, uh, plant. It comes in many, many varieties. Each one carries its own flavor and aroma. It gives beer its bitterness. And you said you don't like the bitterness of beer. Mm. And that's what a lot of people will say. And that depends on... Um, which variety of hops are used and how long the hops are in the mix and uh, how much hops are in the mix. And it's an acquired taste. And people will say um, they don't like the bitterness and it's really the hoppiness. They have to find one that they like a little better with a little less hops maybe. The one we're going to drink, um, we're going to taste. We're not drinking on the radio, we're tasting. Mm-hmm. To go with our burger is super, super duper hoppy. So I'm thinking you're going to hate it. How about that? Okay, But it's a very... Um, it's brewed so that it doesn't taste bitter hoppy. It's really uh, smoothed out. The artisans, the craftsmen really uh, smoothed out the flavor on this. They have a line. It's like a, a mouthful of uh, like getting punched in the mouth with a fistful of hops. So <laughs> <laughs> so if you're an IPA lover, this one is going to be extra hoppy. The yeast that's in the beer, right? When you're drinking the the beer, you're thinking you're the first person ever to taste it. Well, kind of not so much. The yeast has actually eaten your beer already. The yeast turns the carbohydrates and the sugars into, uh, turns the carbohydrates into sugars and into alcohol. And it expels the carbon dioxide. So the yeast, just like in bread, right? Bread, coffee, beer, these are all kind of similar. Eats the sugars from the malts. Turns them into alcohol. There's your alcohol content, and releases carbon dioxide. That's your fizziness in your beer too. So, a c- couple of different kinds of be- of yeast that goes into the beer. Each one has a little bit of a different flavor to it. Some use a lot of yeast. Some even have yeast added after the beer is finished making. They put a little extra yeast in there and cap it off there. uh, I was going to say we were missing an ingredient, and that was alcohol, but you're saying that the yeast creates the alcohol. That's what happens. The yeast eats the sugars and turns them into alcohol and carbon dioxide, and this is happening for thousands of years. This is from ancient Egypt in the pyramids where they made bread and beer, okay? Different flavors way back then, nothing new. And then water, right? The big key is that the water, just like you say with your pizza, right? Oh, the pizzas and the bagels down here in Florida aren't the same as in New York because they you don't have the water.
1: the water is, yeah. Yeah,
2: the, wa- yeah, the water is a little bit different everywhere. So if you use your local water, your beer or your bread or pizza dough or your bagels are going to taste different than if you use the local water from somewhere else. Most of these breweries can't accept to have a different flavored water and a different chemical compound for the water, which changes a lot um you know, in your lo- local community. So they will they will take their water supply and they will balance the alkali and the acid and the hardness and the softness to it. So it comes out the same all the time. So water is, the, is a key ingredient there, too.
1: Okay. And once again, if you're just joining us, this is uh, What's Cooking Palm Beach. Uh, the food dude is here, Chef David Pantone, the dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm, right by 45th and 95. Um, and you're thinking cooking. Well, we're talking about beer. Well, you know, one of the, you know, you do cook a beer. I mean, essentially, you're cooking craft beer. You, you have to cook it in, in essence, right? Not necessarily food.
2: Exactly. Well, but f- that's kind of, you know, I'm kind of strange a little bit. For me, it's food. Wine okay. is food. Beer is food. All of these things that we consume are food. And I have a saying no fear of food. If it's mm-hmm. something I'm going to put into my body, I want to learn about it and I want to master it. Uh, You have some people that are afraid to bake. Oh, I don't bake, I only cook, or I don't saute, I only grill, or I don't... Such terms. Yeah, yeah, for me it's all food. At the school we preach no fear of food. You need to be able to master every ingredient, and beer is an ingredient too.
1: Now the big thing with craft beer, these these have just taken over, these craft beer breweries, and we've got some right here at home.
2: I love, we are so blessed to live in a, a cosmopolitan area that's got a little bit of everything. Not only do we have opera and art museums, we have places is where you can buy fresh crafted beer and fresh roasted coffee. There's a cool place that's on um in Boynton Beach called Due South Brewing Company. It's a relaxed microbrewery, right? So they don't do 6 million barrels of beer, right? It's a microbrewery yeah. They I don't know what their uh, their output is, but they do some really really lovely craft beers there. It's in an old warehouse type of a setting, so it's really comfortable. You can go there and you don't have to dress up for anything or dress up or anything. There's uh, a lot of different beers to taste and they will teach you about it too and often they'll tour you and see the uh, big vats where they make the beer Wow! there's a cool place if you want to make your own beer or taste some craft beer there's a cool little place in Lake Worth called BX Beer Depot
1: I let you make your own beer there?
2: well uh, hmm. you can buy all the ingredients to make your own beer and wow. that's where I went to buy some ingredients to make some beer maybe I'll share that story with you and they also brew their beers there too so they, you can taste a few that they've made, and you can buy all of the equipment and ingredients to make your own beer also. You mentioned Tequesta Brewery, right up in Tequesta, up in mm-hmm. Jupiter there. They, have, uh, they put out 40 different types of beer each year. They are certified organic. These guys are really, really, really into it. And uh, soon we're going to hear in the news, I hope in a day or so, that they have successfully opened up their second place. They're opening up a new place called Twisted Trunk Brewing Company, right there on PGA Boulevard in Palm Beach Gardens. I haven't been inside of it yet, but I can't wait till they
1: open up. I want to see what they're going to do. I'm sure it's going to be top notch. All right, that sounds awesome. So uh, we've got the local guys just uh, getting it. Well, guys and gals getting it done with the uh, craft beers, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, getting to the burgers here in a minute. But I know you you wanted to talk about some things that. Um, Go really good pairing styles of beer with food.
2: Yeah, so that's the key. If you're just going to guzzle the beer, that's okay, I guess, if that's what you're into. But really, as I said, it's a food, so we want to make sure that we serve the right beer with the right foods. If you have the uh, right ones together, they will complement each other. If you serve the wrong ones together, they're going to have like a little battle in your mouth, like Star Wars kind of battle, and it's just not going to be pretty. So you have to know the flavor profiles of the food that you're eating. Uh, an American Pale Ale goes great with these outdoor kind of flavors. I call them rosemary, juniper, pine, um, spruce, all of these woodsy kind of flavors. English-style barley wine, and it's called barley wine, but it's really a beer. goes great with brown sugar, butter, caramel, maple syrup, vanilla, mm. coconut toffee. Right? you got to make sure you got the right one together. Belgian style beer goes great with mints and dill, basil, endive. Hey, basil was a superfood last week, so we can have beer and basil. That's a uh, wow. superfood and super beer, how about that? Parsley, lemongrass. Your uh, ginger porter beers go great with spicy foods, They're like Moroccan food and uh, cinnamon, cumin, pepper, coriander, ginger, cloves. Your Belgian-style strong dark ales go great with bacon. They go great with dates and figs and raisins, really rich flavors. American-style India pale ale, and that's what I've got for us today. That goes great with pineapples. It goes great with tangerine clementines, and I think it goes great with the burger that we're going to serve. I was going to say all the burgers. Yeah, it absolutely does. That's what we had for dinner last night, and it goes great. And your milk stouts go great with chocolate and uh, truffles and cocoa powder. So you uh, and you can learn a lot of this information on the internet, and you can read it on the boxes that the beer comes in and the bottles too. They'll help you pair it together. They don't want you to have a bad experience either. Sure, of
1: course not. All right. Uh, rock on these uh, local uh, craft breweries. We appreciate uh, all that information. And you can find out uh, more about this at chefpantone.com. If you have a question about a food or a beer, perhaps? You can uh, email Chef Pantone. What's cooking at chefpantone.com. We'll spell it for you P A N T O N E. Kind of just like it sounds just like hand tone hand tone the uh, dean at lincoln culinary institute in west palm and we're going to come right back on what's cooking palm beach Uh, we're going to take an email from a listener and we're going to talk about burgers my one of my favorite subjects on earth Right on. <laughs> Coming up next. Training in skilled trades like HVAC prepares you for careers that build America. Start now at Lincoln College of Technology. At their West Palm Beach campus, you can gain technical skills and practical knowledge in refrigeration fundamentals, residential climate control, basic electricity, and more. Visit LincolnEDU.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. Lincoln College of Technology for careers that build America. Visit Lincolnedu.com today. All right, welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on News Radio 1290 WJNO. I'm Joel Malkin uh, here with the Food Dude, Chef David Pantone from Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm, and you may hear the grill behind me. Um, we are actually making burgers, and we're going to get to those uh, right after this email uh, from a listener, uh, Chef. What kind of vegetables can you grill? It's a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty simple question. As we have the uh, grill going right now, as he uh, looks for the answer, and I will just <laughs> give it to him.
2: Very good. Uh, yeah, sure. What kind of vegetable? You can basically grill any kind of vegetable. If you're, uh, if you're, they're really teeny, like little peas or something. They're going to fall through the grate, so you're going to have to use a grill pan for that. But well, some of my favorites to grill: asparagus, grilled asparagus, amazing. A little olive oil, salt, pepper. That's it. Okra. If you like okra, grilling it's amazing. Love her,
1: Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> oh, okra. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> okra is usually served. Deep-fried, which is pretty awesome, too. But if you grill it, it's, it's great. Even green beans are great uh, with a little olive oil, salt, pepper, and a little bit of lemon juice. I love grilled eggplant, grilled bell peppers. Almost any kind of pepper grills very well. Leafy greens. Did you ever have a grilled romaine salad, a grilled Caesar salad? You
1: know the answer to that Okay. Question.
2: Well, I'm talking to the listener, maybe, okay. not just you. Well, all right. You take your romaine lettuce or a radicchio lettuce or bib lettuce and you um, – Cut it in half or cut it in quarters. Put a little bit of olive oil, salt, and pepper. Grill it just for a few seconds just to pick up the smokiness of the uh, wood, whatever you're grilling on. Beautiful. Adds a different dimension to your Caesar salad. Zucchinis, squash, any of those kind of guys are just fantastic grilled. Uh, Good question. The answer, uh, who's that? Tammy from Royal Palm Beach. Um, Basically any kind of vegetable. There's more tips on the website.
1: But, uh, yeah, and that's uh, chefpantone.com, or you can email uh, chef at whatscooking.com. At chefpantone.com as well. And speaking of the grill, (laughs) you got the burgers going, and uh, we uh, have a few people here today. Lock the door. (laughs) uh, Yeah, that that do want to come in. Uh, They heard about the beer, and now they heard about the burgers. So we're going to be doing some samples in a minute. Um, Give us some burger tips. Okay,
2: really, really important burger tips. You live by these rules, you make the best burgers all the time. First and most importantly, I guess, is picking the right kind of meat, right? good beef. Here's what I want you to look for. If you get it from the grocery store, ground already, make sure it's ground right there in the grocery store. Don't get one that's ground in some factory in a state a thousand miles away. You don't know what's in there. Trust your people. You should only be shopping in places where you trust the butcher, trust the fishmonger, trust the produce people. They will grind you good beef, okay? Uh, It's probably going to be chuck. Chuck's a great piece of meat. It's got great
1: flavor, and it's got uh, the right type of fat and the right amount of fat in there. Yeah, I think the thing is, is when you're trying to cut fat out of your diet and you're looking at, and, and uh, you know, the stores will now show you how much fat is in each, and you're looking at some of the lower, you know, four and a half to eight grams of fat per serving. Uh, those are much better, healthier for you, but they're not good for the grill.
2: Right, they're not, they're not the best for a burger. So my advice there is always going to be moderation, exercise, eat well. When you're going to have a burger, have a darn good burger. Don't skimp and have a cheesy. Or, or a burger that's all lean, it's not gonna satisfy you. Then you're gonna have to have two of them, and there you go, you just wasted it. So you're gonna want some good meat. You're gonna want um, chuck mostly. They're also grinding brisket, top brown, mm. shank, uh, cool. Cra- we call this one craft burgers, right? Because chefs now are crafting their own types of burgers with the different types of meat. So they are saying, I want one that's uh, 60% chuck, I want 20% brisket, I want 20% shank, and uh, because they like the different flavors and the different fat content in it. And um, a friend of mine, Doug Bush, he runs Bush Brothers uh, Meat Purveyors, and he's got contracts with the different chefs in town. And he can't tell you what their blends are. He can't tell you how much he has sworn to secrecy. These guys are so into it. They're artisan. They're craft burger makers. They want to make sure their burgers are the best. So the meat that's inside of it is the most important. And along with that goes the fat. Fat is flavor. We know that, right? The more lean that burger, lean that meat, the less natural flavors it has. The fat's all in the flavor. You're looking for about 20% twenty uh, percent uh, fat. Eighty twenty is a good place to start. Once you go less than that, you're losing a lot of flavor. Some will go up to 30% fat. For me, that's a little bit too much fat. It often is just a little overkill. But some are at thirty and over 30% fat. So the meat and its natural fat are the two most important parts of the burger. Make sure your chef knows what he's doing. You either get a ground at the grocery store or you grind it yourself. Joel, you know I ground this meat last yeah. night, right? And you said, who grinds their own meat? Well, I do. Wow. <laughs> So this is fresh ground meat. I trust the guy who ground it pretty much because it was me, and uh, it's a nice mixture. What we have today is short rib and chuck. It's about um, 75% chuck and about 25% short ribs. The flavors of those two meats, the fat content, should be pretty amazing. I think you'll like it. Uh, Second big big tip is the weight. You know, in our American society, we just want bigger, bigger, bigger. I got a two-pound burger. That sounds interesting. However, it's really hard to cook a two-pounder, a one-pounder, unless you're on one of those TV shows where it's just all about the uh, drama. It's too hard to get it perfectly cooked on the inside and get the perfect crust that you're looking for on the outside. So your smaller burgers should be about four ounces. A good-sized chunky burger is about eight ounces and about six ounces in the middle. That's where I like to go. These are five-ounce burgers that we have today. For me, I can get it the perfect amount of char and crust on the outside and done medium-rare, medium, anything I want on the inside. Now, uh,
1: we, we have tons of tips here, and they're all up at chefpantone.com. Just do a couple more here because I want to get to the burgers. So <laughs> what, what, are the, what are the real right. key the ones here, the major ones? The key
2: one is called pattying. You know, that's when you get the meat in your hand and you start playing with patty cake, patty cake. Stop that. You know, grind the meat or get the ground meat and just squish it into a patty-shaped form and cook it. The more you play with the meat, the tougher it's going to be, and the more fat is going to melt,
1: and uh, it's going to be a and tough you always burger. Just seem to do that. I don't know. You it's kind of fun. I get it. It's kind of cool, but that's uh, make patty cakes or whatever the heck I think they're trying are. to make it thinner so that it doesn't take as long to cook.
2: Yeah, you can do that. And um, <laughs> uh, less is more. You
1: say yeah. Less when it is comes m- to seasoning,
2: yeah. When you have good beef. It tastes pretty fantastic. All you need is a little salt and pepper. That's it. People start putting all these other ingredients inside of it. and ma- What you're making there is meatloaf. If you want to make an awesome meatloaf burger, that's okay. But it's not the same as a, a real hamburger. A clean grill and uh, keep the meat cold before you put it in. So sometimes I'm going to tell you, before you put that steak on the fire, I want it to be room temperature. In burgers, I don't want it to be room temperature. I want it to be cold so that the fat doesn't melt out. You're, you're getting good beef, you should get good buns too. Get nice buns, something soft and tender. If it's a crusty bun, then you can't bite through it. It squishes out your burger. I'm going to break your heart here now. I don't even want you to grill your burgers. That's bogus, okay? It's fun. you got the family over and you're fun outside by the pool wherever you're grilling burgers. The best way to make your burger is either in a cast iron skillet or
1: on a griddle. And I'm going to guess the reason as to why this is and it's common sense it's also the reason why you're actually eating more fat content but because if you grill it all the fat drops into the grill and uh, onto the charcoal versus you're cooking it in, on a griddle or in a skillet like you like you did today, this cast iron skillet here and uh, you're getting all those juices, and it's going to be I better think a, taste. a chef angel in heaven just earned
2: its wings, okay? <laughs> that was pretty awesome how you figured that out. You're right, because it's about the fat and the flavor. The more it drips in the grill, makes those fire like flames. Like the Foreman come.
1: Grill, where you lose all of that, and then you, you get a dry burger. And I have a Foreman Grill, and it, you know it's nice and, and quick and a healthier way to eat, but it's not always the tastier way. Yeah, if you're going to have a burger, make the best darn burger
2: you can. And don't eat them every day, then you're going to be unhealthy. So that's it. So pan frying it or on the griddle, it kind of sears itself and makes that crust on the outside. These are going to be amazing burgers.
1: All right. We're going to uh, go ahead and bring everybody in and and have some some burgers. And uh, we're going to do that right after this on What's Cooking Palm Beach. Is the kitchen your favorite room in the house? Does a career doing what you love sound appetizing to you? Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology in West Palm Beach, has your recipe for success. In their campus restaurant, you can train to turn your passion for cooking into a delicious new career. Visit lincolnculinary.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. That's lincolnculinary.com. Visit them today welcome back to what's cooking palm beach here on news radio 1290 wjno i'm joel malkin here with the food dude chef pantone the dean at lincoln culinary institute in west palm uh we have uh, carmine and curtis here the two C's, uh getting ready to chow down on some uh, craft burgers uh that that guys uh the chef actually ground himself he actually ground these what, last night yeah,
2: your grandmother ground her own beef too, and her grandmother and everybody. We just kind of lost that in our society. We used to make things fresh and natural, and uh, we got away from it. And my goal is to get you back to it. See if you like it. If it's better than the one that. Oh, you Oh, okay. Had before. We get to eat now. Yeah, now I you get to taste so. it. Now you get to taste so it. So yeah. all we have on this burger is a little salt and pepper right before it went on the grill,
1: and the meat, and some Colby Jack that we. Oh, we put, put a little put cheese on, top on, it on it too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yum yum. That's delicious. Wow.
2: What's it taste like? Heaven.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say awesomeness, but heaven works.
2: Okay. And it tastes like meat. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely meat. Definitely tastes like meat. People
2: got all these secret recipes. They put all these other things in there, and that doesn't taste like meat anymore.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
2: How about the texture? Same as that last
1: burger you had? Where would you have your last burger? Don't say McDonald's. Don't say it. Don't say McDonald's.
0: No, I'm trying to think. Uh, we only have a few minutes left in the show. like Longhorn or something, I <laughs> think. Ah, okay, they might make but good. But this is burger. better. Yeah, this is delicious. Best burger I've had in some time.
2: And a good texture in your mouth, right? Oh, yeah. Very meaty because I grind it on a, a fatter hole, like a quarter-inch hole, where most burgers are gone through quarter-inch and then an eighth of an inch and a couple of times it gets all mushy together.
1: Uh, Carmine is eyeing that uh, craft beer that you have sitting here. Okay, let's see if I pick the right one that goes. yeah that's nice. That sounded good. That sounded good.
2: You always want to pour your beer into a glass. Let's the air mix with it. it oxidizes a little bit.
0: Well, a little thank bit you. Up.
2: Let's the carbonation flow. Brings out all the flavors. Now, who is this beer from? This one is uh, Sweetwater. It's in Georgia. Well, we get one more here. This is called an IPA, which stands for India Pale Ale. In uh, England, they have lots of pale ale. And they um, when they were their military was in India, they get, had to get them beer. Military people need beer, I guess. So they made a special India pale ale. They made it so that the idea would that uh, it would uh, transport a little bit better, it had to go all the way from England to India and they made it a little more alcoholic. I think soldiers like that. and they made it a little stronger in the um, in the hoppiness. So it's a, it's a stronger. More alcoholic and travels, and this is in the 1800s that they did this. We just like this pale ale. So this one, uh, let's see. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. That's their slogan. So well, let's cheers. take cheers. We we'll take a little Quite sip. Clean. We're doing research here. It's research. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what this is. Research. Wow, that's good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Very hoppy, right? Oh yeah. But not bitter. Nope. Huh? Kind of smooth over. These guys are craftsmen, right? They're artisans. They made a taste. Uh, Really smooth, very flavorful, and I think it goes great with the uh, with the burger.
0: It does. You definitely get right hooked by the hops, though, for sure.
2: Yeah, if you're an anti hopper, this is not for you. But it's it's milder than I expected with the hops. Uh, I think they did a fantastic job.
1: All right, so we got the burgers, we got the beer. Where where are some uh, local uh, spots you could go and, mm-hmm. and and get some you know some really good burgers, maybe even some beer to go with it. Beautiful. More
2: and more, people are opening up burger joints that really focus on burgers. I guess in the old days, 50s and 60s, burger joints were the place to go. They kind of went out of style for a while. They're back and better than ever. On Donald Ross Road, you got Burger Bar. They make some fantastic different burgers. They're really, it's a cool, hip place. They've got milkshakes that are laced with uh, different alcoholic beverages, too. What? Yeah, and they taste when you're a craftsman. So that's a craft milkshake, right? They really are into their milkshakes. And... Um, They've got whiskeys, they've got lots of good stuff, live music. They're on Donald Ross Road. Grease Burger is on Clematis Street, and they're uh, sports oriented, and they have specialty burgers, crafts beers, lots of different whiskeys, and uh, live music. Culinary Cafe is also on Donald Ross Road. Chef Tim Lippman. He's got only one burger. He's definitely not a burger place. It's an American restaurant, very, very uh, innovative food. He's got one burger, and we talked about the different meats in the burger. See if you can guess which kind of meats are in his burger. On the menu it says, brisket chuck short rib burger. No mystery there, huh? He's proud, right? That's the chef is proud to tell you exactly what ingredients are in his burger. That's a heck of a burger as opposed to some that's a meat. You know? <laughs> he wants you to know he's using the good stuff. Charm City Burger is in Boca Raton. I'm going to tell you the name of some of their burgers. They got the uh, Good Old Burger, the Cowboy Style Burger, Volcano, the Big Sloppy, the Southern Bell, the Gobbler, the Monster, the Hippie, the Sushi Tuna, the Big Fat Greek Burger. These guys are into <laughs> I love it when somebody's into what they do, right? They're proud. They're making up these names, and they're fun, and they're having a good time. You've got Relish. Relish is in the uh, Northwood section of West Palm Beach. Uh, they've got beef burger, white turkey burger, wild boar burger, black bean burger, a bunch of different burgers. And they specialize in the accompaniments that go with it. You have at least 20 different kind of relishes and accompaniments to go with your burger. So you got a like a relish buffet that goes. Favorite all-time, Duffy's, right? Duffy's wins lots of competitions yeah, for their burgers. they make a really good burger. They do. I had a rodeo burger last night and a hangover burger last night and a black bean burger last night. In my life, the idea is I have to get with people, and I have to be able to convince them what to eat so that I can eat some of their food. Right? <laughs> my family knows it's like not a secret. That's how we do it. Sorry, that's what I got. All right. So now, I got to have all three
1: of their burgers last night. You are, we're going to let the guys go here in a second, but mm. you're, you're from uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, you have uh, a, a recipe for Steel City Burgers with what they call drunken onions, and uh, that is at your website. That's at chefpantone.com, so make sure that you uh, get over there and look at that uh, recipe and look at that recipe. And, uh, and, and and make it for you before 2015 gets too old perfect want to get on that so uh, guys, I would thank you for coming in, but uh, you know, I think the, the, the burger spoke for itself and the beer. There. Thank we, you. We
0: needed
1: that. <laughs> All right. What's cooking, Palm Beach? Coming back next. Get on your way to a new healthcare career with Lincoln College of Technology. Earn your associate's degree in nursing at their West Palm Beach campus. Learn the skills healthcare employers are looking for, and prepare for a new career where you'll have a direct impact on patient care. Their industry contacts can help you launch a new career after graduation. Visit lincolnedu.com today for student consumer information and to schedule a campus. Tour. lincoln student Center training for careers that build america welcome back once again to what's cooking palm beach i'm joel malkin with the food dude chef pantone from lincoln culinary institute um and we just have a couple of minutes left so we've got some local events going on and food in the news uh what's happening this weekend
2: always have your green markets every community has one and that's Still leading a
1: burger by the way while we're talking
2: you can eat a burger i bet you get a great burger at the green market too Go pick the one in your community. Support your local farmers and your craftsmen. Awesome. There's always the uh, food truck rallies. There's one in Wellington on um, Thursdays. And then there's one in uh, Town Center, Abacoa, on the second Friday of every month. January, we have amazing festivals throughout the state of Florida. There's a lot of key lime festivals, seafood festivals. There's the big frog leg festival. Yeah, that's coming in Fellsmere, right? Fellsmere. That sounds awesome. A frog I, leg if you festival. Eat those, do you eat those? Well, let's go find out. We'll do a live remote. <laughs> There's a cool one that's called the mullet festival, and I think it's like it's Joel's, haircut? your haircut. Looks just like your haircut. Well, exactly. What my
1: haircut used to look
2: like. <laughs> Except I believe it's mullet, the fish, like mullet hmm. snapper. And they have a special buzzard lope queen. Maybe somebody could be chosen as this year's buzzard lope queen. That's I did so a little attractive. research. It's the dance that the buzzards do when they're dancing <laughs> around the roadkill. Why would you? Because it sounds like Americana. That's amazing. <laughs> I think we should go and check that place up. <laughs> then you also have the Kumquat Festival that's coming up very soon at the end that's of January. Fruit, right? it is a fruit, It is a fruit. They, they fruit. hang off of trees. And
0: yeah. I'm gonna, that's
1: good. Will that be a superfood one day maybe on the uh,
2: uh, I'm going to have to spin that wheel and see if All we right. get one. All right. But Kumquats All right are pretty amazing
1: food in the news uh, something going on with olive oil bad be news scared?
2: bad news you should be very afraid my friend the, yes um the italian crop for extra virgin olive oil for olive oils in italy pretty much bad crop this year the weather uh in the springtime the weather turned too cold in the summertime they went from uh, hot to um to uh uh, scorching hot weather. There was a big hail storm recently knocked lots of the olives off the tree. The bad, bad news, my friends, olive oil price is going to go sky high. So luckily, our petroleum oil is going down, and we can afford to put gas in our cars, but you're not going to be able to afford to put olive oil in your skillet and on your salad. And
1: it's like, it's one of the actual really healthy oils to cook with, too.
2: It is, it is. And they have a little bit of problems in uh, Spain and Portugal also, but you'll still be able to get uh, Greek olive olive oil some spanish and your just your good italian olive oil is going to be really really expensive so maybe shop now stock up on it how about that
1: all right it is what's cooking palm beach the premier radio show about all things food in south florida uh what's cooking at ChefPantone.com for a question um any kind of food question that you may have about what we talked about today or uh anything that you might think of uh food related course bring uh, so it on food, love dude.
2: to talk to you about food
1: and uh you can also uh, go to chefpantone.com find out all the uh, recipes we were talking about uh, throughout the show and uh, all the different uh, foods and the, uh, even the craft beer information you'll find there as well um next week in the what's cooking kitchen will be homemade breads oh man yeah that sounds, that can't sounds beat good that that sounds good all right that's coming up next week uh, right here on what's cooking palm beach thanks for joining us
0: You've been listening to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. Tune in and find out what's cooking Saturdays from 1 till 2 p.m. on News Radio 1290 WJNO. If you have any questions or ideas on a topic, please email What's Cooking at ChefPantone.com. That's P-A-N-T-O-N-E.com. What's Cooking Palm Beach? Sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology.